Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. My friends, nearly everything around you is going to change within this generation. Biggest fear in 10 years, not having a job. Should I go to med school or like nursing school? You've got to find what you love. Oh no, the future is here! My advice to you is to do what your parents did! Need to get a job at job. I want to explore the world and I want to use my craft to do so. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking and don't settle. Welcome back to the Takeaway Job Fair. It's our month-long series on the future of professional industries in America. Last week, we talked with a law professor about how to get a career going in the courtroom. Today, we go to the doctor's office for a prescription on how to make it in the medical field. Now, if you're a freshman who has just started college and you think you want to be a doctor, then you're looking at four years of undergrad and four years of medical school, your residency, more schooling for a specialty, so at least a good eight to ten years before you get out in the field. Even if you're looking at nursing or specialty nursing in high demand right now, it's still years of training. Well, what's healthcare going to look like by then, and what do you need to do to prepare? Dr. Michael Stewart is vice dean at Weill Cornell Medical College, as well as chairman of otolaryngology. He's an ear, nose, and throat guy. He joined us to share advice from his expertise from over 20 years in the medical field. Dr. Stewart says there's no need to worry about finding a job in medicine. I think it's pretty clear that there's going to be a demand for workers in the healthcare industry. We really don't have enough providers. Um, and as technology improves and uh, as people live longer and as more people have insurance now, et cetera, I think it's pretty clear that there will be a good job market for providers in the healthcare industry. Now, you think that the future of this, there was always room for orthopedists and specialists and cardiologists, sure. But you think that the real employment future is in primary care, getting to the doctor once a year, getting your preventative care. This isn't just about MDs like you. This is also going to be about nurses and nurse practitioners and other types of healthcare professionals, right? Correct. Physicians, assistants, and others. Yes. I think that primary care is going to continue to be in demand and is going to be a growth area. Um, there's already demand for it. Medical students tend to preferentially select specialties and subspecialties now for a variety of reasons, but I think there will be more market demand, better reimbursement. Systems will need to hire more primary providers to be able to care for populations as the healthcare economy shifts, and I think that that's going to be really an important growing field. Specialties aren't going anywhere. We'll still need <laughs> cardiologists. We still need orthopedists. Uh, what is the future of specialty and subspecialty? Where are the niche areas that you think the young student can look to if they want to be a specialist they are going to be important in the future? It's hard to predict that, but I completely agree. While there will be probably increasing demand and increasing benefit of being in primary care, we will always remain a specialized healthcare system. Specialists will still be the major proportion of doctors that are out there. And we'll probably have a lot of doctors who have sort of hybrid practices where they see some patients as their primary doctor, but have a subspecialty interest in gastroenterology or infectious disease or something like that. Geriatrics will probably be a very important one. I think in general, uh, diagnostic things are going to be important. So radiology uh, is probably a very growing field. As technology gets better, we're able to see more and more things with the ultrasound and x-rays and so on. Diagnostic things will probably be important. The, the good news is we need more doctors of almost everything, to be honest, um, because even anesthesia, for example, 
Uh, more and more anesthesia is being given outside the operating room. Most anesthesiology groups are adding people, not because hospitals are building more operating rooms, but because more doctors are doing more procedures that require some sort of level of sedation. So, you know, it's it's hard to find some some specialty areas where there's not some opportunities, I think, for continued growth in medicine. For a young person right now in high school or even uh, getting into the first year of college, who thinks this is the career for them, whether it's MD or nurse practitioner, physician's assistant. Is it the same as it used to be? Get into chemistry class, get into biology class, get into math class and take that track. Are there ways to get into the medical field without going the hard science route as a, as a college student? There certainly are. You ha- there's certain minimum requirements. There are certain things you will have to take, and you'll need to get decent grades in some of those minimum requirements. But you can be an arts major. You can actually spend your time. You don't have to major in biology, chemistry, or a related sort of science. And I would actually encourage uh, college students to not necessarily do that, even if you're interested in a scientific field like medicine or a bi- biologic field, because you're going to be learning that for the rest of your life. Take advantage of college and learn some things that are going to broaden you. And actually, first of all, it's good for you. Second of all, admissions committees kind of like things like that. They like people who have broad interests and who have who have uh, taken advantage of their opportunities. I know that 20 years ago or even 15 years ago, it was unthinkable for a college student who was headed to medical school to say, I'm going to take a year off. I'm going to travel for a year. <laughs> I'm going to do that gap year. That was for artsy students. That was for people who maybe want to be professors. That's fine. Take a vacation. Doctors nurses didn't do that. Has that changed? Can you, can you take the gap here? It has completely changed. Has it? As you say, when I, was, uh, when I was in medical school, if you took a year off, you had to explain yourself. That was a, well, what do you, did you have a problem? What happened? Why were you off for a year? Now, virtually everybody does that. It's not a requirement. I mean, you certainly can come straight out of college into medical school, and people do. But uh, having taken the time off to broaden yourself in some way, I think people do consider that a good thing to do. I think what you end up with is a more mature student and therefore a more mature resident. I know a lot of doctors who lament it's not the same as it was. You don't have the autonomy that you did. Insurance companies, government, Obamacare lawsuits, hey, young kid, it's not worth it. Don't be a doctor. Now, I don't know if they're just curmudgeons, which a lot of older people can be about their careers, or if they really have a point. It sounds like you're here to be pretty optimistic and enthusiastic. I am. Uh, I do think that some of those people are curmudgeons, quite frankly. I think that uh, the, these are some uh, some bitter older people looking back. And having said that, the world of healthcare is changing. The idea of the solo doctor with his pen, his or her pen, doing whatever they want and getting paid whatever they charge, those days are gone. There's much more regulation. There's much more oversight. There's much more concept of being paid for you know, quality and meeting certain benchmarks and targets as opposed to just getting paid for what you what you do. You can argue that that's harmed medicine. I think from a population and from a health uh, care of the United States standpoint, that's probably a good thing for medicine. And I think that in the end, as long as you get paid the right amount for a population, that's a perfectly good way of getting paid. Dr. Michael Stewart is vice dean of Weill Cornell Medical College and chairman of otolaryngology. That makes him an ear, nose, and throat specialist. Dr. Stewart, we appreciate your advice. Thank you so much. Thank you.